0: These are Grindstaff Publishing Audio Files. Good evening, everyone. It is uh, currently 9.45 on a, let's see, Saturday, um, September 26th. Um, everyone is way in bed by now, and I just recorded the uh, the second chapter of Room to Rome audiobook. A little difficult if my voice sounds uh, deeper or kind of strange, different than normal. Um, it's because uh, Oregon has been raining for the past like three or four days, so I think that that fall time kind of shift has happened, so my ears are plugged, my voice is all kinds of crappy, but hopefully it sounds you know deep and velvety like normal. Um, so this this behind the scenes is a little bit more fun, I think. It's not not as much like literature stuff or writing; it's just more just Iceland. Um, whenever whenever um, Europe comes, you know, comes up. I, people always ask like, you know, what was the most fun country? What was my favorite country? Definitely up there. Um, Iceland. Um, not I'm not alone. Iceland, you know, there as a country, their, their biggest maker is tourism. And it's not, not surprising to see why I follow quite a few people on Instagram and just, you know, just around my interests that, um, you know, go to Iceland for ph- photography, for adventure, for, you know, extreme stuff. So, I'm definitely not alone in you know liking Iceland a lot. It's this world of you know, it's old. It's this very ancient world, very elvish. The people are amazing. Um, it's a small little island, you know. Island kind of wants to be you know a big island, kind of like a, like a if if Hawaii kind of all came together. The people are amazing. They speak extremely good English. Um, there's the the this the nature is amazing. It's incredible. There's nothing you can say that's bad about Iceland. Um, and, and their tourist tourism industry has made it super easy to travel there. Um, so basically you just need a passport and you're good to go. You know, there, there are some extremely cheap flights definitely now I'm sure with the coronavirus thing happening. Um, that it's, it's, it's incredible. Everyone should go to Iceland and experience that, but just be respectful of, uh, the people first most. And then, um, after that, don't be a douche and, you know, ruin anything. It's it's it almost all of its beauty comes from nature, so you know, be respectful. This chapter is all about uh, Michael, aka Reed and I, you know, actually getting to Iceland and then, you know, really traveling that country. And since I went to nineteen countries in ninety four days, obviously I, I wasn't in, you know, one country for a long time. So Iceland was definitely not the exception. Um, let see, I, I, I mean, I always say I was there for three days, but I think it was, you know, if you break up the, the parts of me, you know, like, you know, traveling here and there and, um, the jet lag and everything, I think I was there for maybe like two and a half days, um, total. So, you know, there, if, if you want to listen to the actual words or the book, then, you know, go to, you know, buy room to Realm or look it up or read the, the free audiobook before this. But, this is like a a fun little discussion about that. Um, I wish I had Michael here to talk to, talk about it with me because it was such an interesting time in my life. Absolutely. Um, him, I'm, I has to be up there. Um, you know, I I mean, definitely getting married and having, having our kids, you know, independently, I'm sure would be, you know, is has to be up there That, that that's absolutely incredible. But, as far as, you know, adventure and fun and just excitement that has to be way up there for anyone that did this kind of thing. So this chapter starts off with, uh, with me waking up super groggy, um, at like, I don't know, seven o'clock, I think, um, on that day, which would have been, uh, the 12th of September. Um, so not, I mean, we're past, I'm past a five year anniversary mark of it, but it seems like it was, I can, I can close my eyes and picture every single thing we did that, you know, in those three days, which is a lot of stuff. Um, but basically after about five hours of sleep, I, you know, was awoken by this strange, this strange Icelandic light that's, that's so unique. Um, it's kind of reminiscent of, of like, you know, the Alaskan thing since the latitude is so, you know, high North, but just strange and it was snowy outside. So it was very like this, it felt like deep winter, but it was actually for them early fall. So, um, I woke up, I woke up and I was just like in this weird days, like, holy shit, I'm, I'm in Iceland, I'm in this different country, all this up to get here. And now I'm actually here. And oh my God, like what, a, it's just all this stuff and months and months of planning, not planning. I didn't want to plan, but talking about this, thinking about this, making this truly my identity, you know, this, this is who I was for, you know, for months on end, my, my hair was long and I just totally embraced this this uh, this embodiment of of like adventure and you know, this hippie state of being like, no man, I'm just gonna wing it. I'm just gonna do my own thing, and you know, I I don't want to plan anything. I have a map, but you know, fuck the map. Who cares? So it was it was all about this identity that kind of morphed into, or just you know, you know, kind of put, put those clothes on the hippie clothes, and so all that stuff kind of just hit me full force at seven thirty in the morning, and and I was like, man, now I have to find Michael. I have to go downstairs and. So I, you know, I, I make my way downstairs and this hostel is incredible. It's, it's like something out of a Wes Anderson movie. There are a bunch of, um, you know, you know, fur, like fur rugs. There are like, you know, mounted, you know, animal heads that some, some old Icelander probably shot. And it's like this mixture of like dark, dark stained wood with, you know, kind of hunting lodge feel and. Paintings and there's a coffee bar and the kind of hipster vibe to it. It's just really cool place of just all this weirdness that's kind of clashed together, which I would later find out is kind of not that's not the t- typical Scandinavian vibe, but it's all that stuffs kind of rolled into one. And so I go downstairs and I and I see Michael and I'm like, oh my god, we're here! Holy crap, this is actually happening! And you know he's he's kind of a stoic dude anyway, but. He, even he would just like you could just tell he's bubbling like oh my god we're here like this is this, this is happening and he had gone he had gone to Europe twice before he had gone with his dad um, and kind of traveled a, l- a little bit um, when he was in high school I think and then in, in like college or early college him and his then girlfriend now wife um, had gone to Germany and looked at some castles and they did that kind of vibe but this is definitely a different totally different vibe. Um, for him so he had you know far more experience traveling in general European travel specifically than I I did at that time so we were both fresh like oh my god we just came from this hop farm in Oregon now we're in Iceland together oh my god what it's just like it as like we just turn into like you know like like 10 year old boys like this is like crazy right we're just like going on this adventure and so we have we have some coffee we kind of try to wake up we were both jet-lagged as shit so we, uh, we, you know, we were kind of talking about stuff and what, what we we're going to do. And so he had gotten there before me. And so he had kind of explored the, the, the town of Reykjavik a little bit, which is not a huge town. It's the biggest town in Iceland, but in a country of 330,000 people, that doesn't say much. So he had kind of scoped out things that he wanted to do. He was wearing his Icelandic sweater or actually, no, I'm sorry. He was wearing his blue and black flannel at that point. He hadn't donned the sweater yet. So he was wearing a flannel shirt. And, um, you know, I, we, we had to look very American and, um, so he, he had kind of had an idea of what, of where he, where, where he wanted us to go at first. So, which, which, uh, we, we wanted to get at, to the highest point possible, which I would take to heart throughout the end from that moment on to the entire trip is, you know, I jokingly say the first thing I want to do when I get to a city is get high. I want to go to a, the highest point I can for the cheapest, cheapest amount of, cheapest amount of money and see what I can. Um, and so that was, um, the church, um, the big old swooping church. I can't remember what the name of it is. I just looked it up. It is called the Hallgrimskurksja. Probably absolutely butchering the pronunciation of that, but Icelandic is difficult. Um, basically it is like the major church in, uh, in Reykjavik and it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, so we went there first. Um, we... Talked to this, you know, basically decrepit old lady that was, you know, that was handing out tickets, and we paid like five euros or whatever it was to get to the top of this thing, and we got there, and I I pulled my camera out for the first time, and it it started off this ten thousand photo journey that ended up being, you know, what this European thing was ten thousand pictures on this the camera that I bought specifically for this this journey, and so we got up high, and it was this perfect like you know, panoramic view. And so you had like this beautiful view of the, the coast looking out into the ocean with all the ships and, you know, more, more inland was, were all like the beautiful multicolored houses that were so, that are so, um, you know, unique to Scandinavia. And you keep on going around and you keep on seeing more buildings and different buildings. And you start seeing the, the landscape kind of coming in, the nature coming in. And then as we kept turning, turning towards the nature, this big, big, Black bastard of a cloud was just, just right there, mist and rain and fog. And it's like, that's where we're going to go. And Michael and I are very similar in our liking, which is said in the book. We don't want to have this like, oh, let's just get on this like this cruise or this, you know, let's do a cruise or let's do like, you know, this this shuttle, you know. No, it's like we want to have it rough. We want to have it like this is going to be a pain in the ass, but it's, it's going to be fun in the end. And so jokingly, we say, well, we're going that direction, so let's do it. So we go back. We uh, we stand in line we're, while we're standing in line at our hostel to rent our car. Um, there are these like very broy um, American guys, probably definitely like in college, early twenties, you know, very broy, and they were had this map and they and it was this beautiful circle around Iceland, which we turn, which we figured out was called the Golden Circle, a, a famous, you know, um, travel travel road uh, um, a, a lo- around. The you know the country and uh, why it's unique is because you know like it's pretty obvious to think of, a, of, a, of like a more islandy country and uh, so you have the out the outskirts of the shore and then you have you know then you get mountainous and then Iceland is unique because in, in the middle of this you know what really should be a you know fishing country which is what it was for a long time is this like rugged sandy Sharp jagged mountain middle, and so the golden road goes around the country of Iceland, and you see all these um, not biomes because they're not that different, but this every every bit of scenery you could think of. But the entire time you're driving around it, you know when you look towards the innards of the country, you see this like mysterious, almost like Tolkien-esque, you know, Lord of the Rings um, middle, and so. You know those guys, those bro guys, were their their entire plan was to say, okay, we're we're going to go to a certain point of the Golden Road, and then we're going to go take a sharp turn inwards and go right into the middle of that. So I mean, you can't just take you know a normal car; you have to have this badass you know like Jeep or some kind of thing. You know, there they have special special vans slash trucks slash adventure vehicles that have these gigantic overinflated tires that can deal with all the sand and the, the craziness. So those those bro guys had this beautiful, you know, plan of like going into the innards of Iceland with you know, and they're going with this car. And so we were you know, talking a little bit and and mostly eavesdropping on their conversation, and just soaking up like that that enjoyment and that pure adventure these guys had. And so then here we we're next and so you know, we we just want the absolute cheapest piece of shit, you know, just purely road car we can find and so this old this older guy takes us out and there's this like we like we wanted this piece of shit car um, and I think that I think the the model was called Getz or the Getz and so we just nicknamed it the Getz and it was like I said in the book this is this crappy little hatchback that had duct tape on the mirrors and it had you know a giant crack in the in the windshield and you know it just super small little guy but we we're ecstatic we were just like oh my god this is this is a perfect thing we just like this little crappy car. And we're just going to go around the entirety of Southwestern Iceland. And we were just so excited. And so I think I think technically Michael was the one that, that signed all the papers. And so it's his car. And so we just loaded our bags up with my ridiculously giant backpack and just, we just took off. And so we left Reykjavik and we were just so excited to be in the car and by ourselves and independent. We had the Icelandic radio playing and And it was just this perfect mixture of stuff. And there's just this this moment of being like, we can now go anywhere anywhere we want to. There's no stopping anything. There's no questioning. There's no deadlines. There's nothing to hold us back. And so Michael being very smart and very, uh, you know, knowing my personality very well after, you know, a year of knowing me, you know, for every, seeing me every single day. He knew that, you know, I had this unbridled excitement, but, you know, this entire trip I didn't want planned. And so if it was up to me, I'd been like, well, let's just go this way, you know, and we would have been just going in circles. And so luckily before that, Michael had taken upon himself to make this, you know, potential itinerary. It was detailed and laid out and was like, if you had been in Iceland for, you know, two weeks, you wouldn't have gotten to all this stuff on that list, but he knew me so well and well enough that he, he knew that I had to have these options. And so this itinerary came out instantly and we like, okay, well what should we do first? And he's okay, well let's go here first. And so our first stop was this beautiful waterfall. You know, there's a, there's a million and a half waterfalls in Iceland that are just breathtaking and gorgeous. So we went to the, um, the first one, I think it was selfoss And then we just kept on just going next, next, next. And, and, um, I'm I'm not going to go, you know, every single thing, but you can you listen to the audiobook. You can hear me try to pronounce the Icelandic volcano, that I won't try again. Um I tried listening to four or five different, you know, Icelanders saying that word and it's just like I F U K. There's like at the end that I can't do properly k. so they are double L's like so anyway, if you want to hear that ridiculousness, you can go to the audiobook and listen to every single thing we did, but a summation is that we just we drove I I wish I had written down the odometer because we drove so much in that in that two day span it was crazy. Looking back at what we saw, we saw so many waterfalls. We saw so many just normal everyday Icelanders. We saw so many sheep, um, and you know Thingvellir was amazing. You know the place that basically this like crack in the earth where two tectonic plates are coming together, and um, just it was just gorgeous. It was just ama- amazing. It was just so beautiful. And um, but the point that that, that I always kind of go back to is that you know my, if if it, if it had been with Michael and his and his wife doing it, they would have done it vastly different. If it was me and my wife Alex, we would have done it vastly different. But the fact that it was just Michael and I doing it, we would you know we would stop at gas stations. We would get like really cheap food. You know it was always this constant battle of. I had to have my money that I was making no more money. So I had this finite amount of money that I had to make stretch for three months of travel and Michael's only there for two weeks. And so, you know, the, the topic of food was always an issue. You know, it's like he wanted to go to extra restaurants. I, I, I just wanted to buy, you know, cheap hot dogs, from a gas station. So there's always that kind of like back and forth. And I say in the book, there's, it was really a marriage, like traveling like that and that intimately with somebody, regardless of sex or, you know, sexual orientation, it, it is just, it's just like, a, it's like a marriage, you know, everything you do, um, you know, you're with that person so much that no matter how good of friends you are, there's tension and there's compromise and there's like, well, I want to do this. This is my vacation, but I want to do this. And this is my vacation. But ultimately your friends, we were friends. We still are friends and it's like, we, we made it through that, that two weeks, you know, stronger than ever. Excuse me, drink it from the old, uh, the old bottle tonight, beautiful stout from the Oregon coast, matching the rainy weather we've been having in Oregon. So yeah, just a lot of travel. And so, um, highlights of that, um, Ting-Valier, you know, definitely the, uh, going, going into a crack of the earth was beautiful. Um, you know, we saw the, like, we saw a geyser, we saw, um, you know, ancient well, not ancient literally, but figuratively ancient huts. You know, um, you know, sheep. True excuse me, true fjords. Um, and went to this really nice guest house. Um, but the thing that stands out the most in that in that chapter, and Iceland in general, was the fact that um we did all that. It was beautiful and stuff, but the last night was the most telling of of our of our trip and probably the most educational that trip, because after just a explosion of travel and mileage and just seeing everything we could possibly see, we ended up back in Reykjavik for the last night before we, before we flew out to Helsinki the next morning. So after three days of Iceland, we were, we were going to the next morning at five 30, we had a plane flight um, going to Helsinki, which we booked the night, the day before um, we had gotten to Reykjavik and we're like, well, we don't really know what the hell we're doing. Um, we took a gamble and we didn't buy that flight. And so that's a word to the wise um, or experience to the novice is that um, flights you don't want to be spontaneous with. Um, it only worked out a couple times for me. Most time it bit me in the ass. And so like the the plane fl- from, um, from Reykjavik to Helsinki, um, when, when we're looking at it in America, uh, like a month or two in, in in advance, it was like 150 bucks. We're like, okay, good. That's that's super cheap. We'll just buy it last minute. I don't really know why. I think the spot in 80. And so then the, d- the day before the flight, we were like, okay. We'll let you look, look it up, and it ended up costing 400 a piece for a one way like couple hour flight. So it bit us in the ass. That was probably totally my my bad. It's probably my fault entirely. I'll take it. Um, and just, so what, what, what if cost is one fifty cost is $400. And it was also at five 30 in the morning. And so we're like, well, fuck this. Let, let's just, let's just get the, like, you know, cause mo- most hostels have like a happy hour, you know, each, each day for the guests. And so you get like, you know, you know what, either a free drink if you're a guest or, you know, like, Oh, like buy one, get one or whatever the deal is. And so I think in that particular ho- hostel, which is pretty fancy, we, uh, we got like a free drink or whatever at a certain time, like two o'clock. So we had, had a beer in our hands. We said, fuck it. We, we, we bought the ticket. we were we were in a corner and we're going to do a wait. And so we were okay. Well now we have a flight at five thirty in the morning to Helsinki that leaves at five 30. It's like, you know, mid afternoon and in Reykjavik, what are we going to do? So we, uh, finished the beers, uh, beer, maybe two beers. That's probably a Freudian slip, but finish the beer and then, um, head on out to Reykjavik and walk around and, um, just kind of walk around kind of got a little bored. Went, you know, went here, went there, Tried to find a lighthouse. It didn't work out. And then it was dinner time. So we're like, okay, well let's just see, let's just get dinner and then let's have it, have it be an early night. So we went to this cool place. We had, um, this traditional Icelandic, you know, stew and, and a bread bowl. We had beer and it was like, oh, this is beautiful. Great filling. Okay. Well we had, we, now we had one beer for the night. Let's just kind of have one, one more beer. Let's go, let's go to a craft brewery and we'll just call that call it quits a side note um i just paused and then went to get another beer and in a weird weird twist of fate i went and uh, did not shake it was not weird um and i just opened it on my bottle bottle opener on my workbench here and beer just sprayed all over me so maybe the whole five-year anniversary thing you know oh talking about beer and your most fucked up night of europe oh okay here's some more beer anyway Um, so we, we, we decided to go to this craft beer. I, I don't want to take the time to go look what, look it up. Um, look up what it was, but look up type in craft beer, um, or craft brewery in Reykjavik. And there you go. And so it was this beautiful place. I think we got an appetizer and it was like this, like beautiful, you know, bronze, um, or probably copper, actually copper fermenters everywhere. And just really high, high scale, super expensive beer. Um, side note. Alcohol is very expensive in Scandinavia. They, uh, I, I think, all five countries in Scandinavia, but definitely Norway, Sweden, um, Iceland, they charge an, an exorbitant amount of money in taxes in their sin taxes. So, if you're gonna buy craft beer, you're gonna spend some goddamn money. And so, Michael was okay. Well, he, he's gonna spend a couple, you know, the big bucks and get a couple beers. And, and I think I have like maybe I splurged on one beer or something like that. And then so as you know now we had you know a couple couple of beers and I was for like, okay well now this is getting a little loose Michael wanted to go to the next this next uh, craft brewery of uh, his choice on the itinerary and we went there had another beer and so then I was like okay well I'm spending a lot of money on on beer I think I was looking at like 8 euros well equivalent of 8, eight euros um they use kroner Um, about like, you know, eight, $10, $12 a piece on each pint. So I'm like, Oh man, this is really killing my budget. And I was like, okay, let's, let's pass on the whole craft beer, craft beer thing. Let's go to a cheap place. And so quick Google search and we were like, Oh, well this is a place called the American bar. That's funny and ironic that, you know, we're Americans, we're in this different country and there's an American bar. Let's go. And so, um, we went to this American bar and no surprise. It was full of tourists, mostly Americans. Who would have thought? And so we sit next to these, this, uh, this older couple, probably in their fifties from Montana, you know, we started to talk a little bit to them and then they buy us a drink and they're, they're you know, this is their first time in Europe or out of the country of America. And so they're like, Oh, you know how it's, it's good. You guys are traveling while you're young, you know, before you have kids and all that stuff. And, you know, we, we, we already had kids and our kids are in college. Da, 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 da. And so it got later and later, um, they started buying us drinks um, and then, you know, music started to play and then we started buying like, I think I got a cocktail or something like that. So at this point we had, you know, numerous beers of different types. We had a cocktail and then it was like midnight and then it was, you know, two in the morning. Music started playing and Michael was just checked out. He was like, this is not my vibe and he just wanted to go. So on the way back to the hostel... I don't remember. I I can't remember what happened really between the American bar and the hostel, but somewhere we acquired more beer. Um, luckily, it was a very light lager. Um, but we got more beer. We got back to our hostel. There is no one else in our room, so we're like, oh man, this is great. So now it's like three or something like that in the morning. We're like, well, then I had the brilliant idea. Fuck it, let's just stay up all night. I mean, our flight's at 5:30. We have to leave here at five anyway. Let's just, who cares? Or maybe no. Uh, yeah, I mean, say a couple hours, or whatever. And so, my brilliant ass was like, "Yeah, let's just open some more beers and talk, and let's just you know just do it." And even in college, I, I, I actually I don't think I pulled an all nighter since I was like maybe in junior high. Just has a fun like slumber party thing, you know, with my friends. Um, even in college, I was never like that guy where it's like, "Oh, let's stay up till super late." No, it's always like you know two thirty, three. Even at like super hard drinking, like I, I want to go to sleep about two thirty, three. But here I was, this just you know hippie, full hippie mode, hair swaying back and forth, like, let's just do it, man. And to his credit, Michael's like, let's do it. And so we decided to stay up all night. Uh, um, and uh, we opened a beer. Um, and I don't know, maybe an hour later, looking at like four, probably 4 o'clock, somewhere in there. We're like, okay, let's just, let's just cash out let's just go to sleep sleep for an hour and then we will be good to go I'll, I'll bleed in a little bit into the next chapter um sneak peek as, as they will say um and so we wake up um if you call it wake up basically just go from comatose to being like zombie um just just out of our minds so tired so hung, so hungover And I I, I guarantee if someone asked Michael to this day, um, you know, five years later, what's the most hungover you've ever been in your entire life? I guarantee it was that morning because I felt okay, like definitely not good and not machismo like, bro, I got it. No, like I felt like near death, but I was like, the adrenaline was so in me that I was like, let's let's just fucking do it. I'm ready to party. Let's just get on the plane plane and go. Michael was gone like I've never seen him like that before him and I had had many 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 you know nights of drinking and he, he normally you know he's very good at handling himself and composing himself and I'm not that great at that so I've never seen him that messed up before hungover wise and so he was a hot mess hot hot mess and we had like half an hour to get from where we were to the actual you know bus depot to take us to the airport. so maybe maybe my 530 thing was wrong. maybe it's like 6 30 flight but we had to be at the bus depot by like 5 30 somewhere in there it was super early dark. and so somehow somehow we pulled our shit together we we you know luckily it's all in our backpacks and bags and so we just like gathered ourselves. I guarantee our our blood alcohol level is still super high. And we just clambered together our stuff and we left. And I mean, it was so bad. And we had to like walk, jog, run, stumble, you know, from our hostel down to the bus depot. We had to be in the bus depot um, because the airport's like, I don't know, like a half an hour bus ride maybe away. Um, and so we were in the we we're in the bus depot. It was like 5 o'clock in the morning, 5 3 in the morning. People were like sleeping on the benches. It was a bad sight. And like Michael was like blood red eyes just fucked up and I was like okay I, I this is my time to shine like Michael's been like the you know like the, the captain this entire time now it's my turn and so you know he was like he's like kind of falling asleep and like I was like ready to go bar tickets got on the bus got to the airport and got to the airport and there's this gigantic line wrapping around the turnstiles and all like the rope things and I was like, oh my God, there's no way we're going to make this fucking flight. And so I think somehow Michael got to go in a faster way, maybe because his bags weren't checked, possibly. And I had this gigantic, impossibly big, like I could fit in it at three. I could fit in the bag, the goddamn bag. And so I was like looking around. Okay. I was like sweating. I was, I was like hungover, drunk, mourning, crazy, sick. And so I was like, okay, let's just... Let's just find something. Let's just put this somewhere. I'll put it. I'll put it here. And so I, I found this window. This completely apathetic man that could not have given two shits about me or my luggage was like grunted, took my bag, and then I was like, "Fuck it, I don't care." And I ran behind Michael, and we all well stumbled through the, uh, the, um, the 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 security checkpoints. Um, and, and all I had was my little, my my little go bag, like my little backpack. They had like an extra pair of boxers, like my computer, my camera, like the, like the essential stuff. And so then we made it through, um, we, we bought some breakfasty stuff. We bought some water. Um, Michael was just still so bad. We, we get to our terminal. It's like 10 minutes till, you know, like the gates open. We sit down. We're like, oh my god, we made it. It Was somehow the gods came together, and in their in their own drunken stupor, maybe maybe Dionysius or something like that was like, these guys need need a break. Got there, and we're like, oh my god, I was sweating. I felt terrible. I just was like, we were both just dying out of all the alcohol just leaking out of our pores. And so then the gates opened. We got on this small little plane, Um, you know. As soon as that bitch took off and was in the air, we were both out, just knocked out. And then we woke up in Helsinki, and then um, got the plane and went to the baggage claim, and my bag was nowhere to be seen. And that's where the next the next chapter starts off. But um, I was trying to think of any kind of writing writing related stuff. Um, an interesting part that I think looking back at that, um, writing period was, um, you know, there we were, Alex and I, you know, we had Xander was like, let's see, maybe one, maybe a little earlier than that, but he's very much a baby infant and, um, just rough. I I was, I was working at this, um, at this virus, this virus pathogen, uh, microbiology lab, um, near us. Excuse me. And, um, and so I was doing that during the day, I'd get home, you know, be a dad, be a husband. And then, you know, Alex and Xander would go sleep in the bed and we were, we were, we were bad. And so we had Xander, you know, sleeping with us in the bed for a while. Um, and so, they would go to bed and I would write and then he would, you know, toss and turn. He would wake up in the middle of the night. I would, I would get up with him. You know, there were so many, um, so many mornings where I would wake up just bloodshot eyes and it was just pain, painful, but it was all for a dream. And, you know, you guys are listening to that. And, um, this, this first book room to realm was absolutely a, uh, It's a product of just determination and, um, just trying to do everything I could just to do everything like working, you know, working at my, you know, my, the career that I, that I thought I I thought slash think I want wanted, um, and the writing thing. And yeah, just no matter, it's never too early, never too late, um, to, uh, just to start and just start writing, and you know, just putting your creativity wherever you need it. Because um, it's never easy. I mean, there's there's always excuses not to do these kind of things. Like this audio, like an hour and a half ago, I was like, "There's no way tonight I, I can do this." But you know, there's also this point in in your brain of a creative person or any person that's that's that has any kind of creative desire that you know there there's like a painful hurdle, you know hopefully not literally, but, um, you know, like tonight was just exhaustion and getting my ass kicked to work. But you know, here I am talking to you guys. So hopefully, um, hopefully the stories were fun. Um, writing wise, I I mean, it's not a whole lot. Just, just picture, picture me being really tired, thinking back to a time of my life that is such a weird thing because like this first book was such a, it was such a, just juxtaposition of just two different lives. Like, I put in the uh the epilogue that you know that it's just so weird to be writing about this Europe phase and this complete hippie, self centered guy that was single and was like, I'm just gonna just I'm just gonna just take over the world. And um and so I, I'm I'm writing about a time when I had absolutely no one holding me back, and I could do anything I wanted. I could go anywhere I wanted. While in the real world, I was writing that and embodying that life again, while I had a wife, a stay at home wife, and my firstborn son sleeping, you know, 30 feet away from me. So there are a lot of times when I would stay up till midnight writing, and I wake up at six and, you know, drive. And on the drive there, like just like my eyes would be burning, and just being like, oh my god, like I can't, I I, I can't work today. I I, I can't do anything, kind of you know that has focus to it. But yet it was also like that thing where it's like, no, I have to because there's you know people are counting on me, and you know I I'm 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 the guy, and so you know it's my 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 turn to be that person that 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 supports people and is responsible for people, so whenever, um, whenever people, and I mean, I, I'm a dad and a guy, so I'll, I'll, I'll have those guys back. So whenever people like, um, you know, there are almost that their wife just got pregnant and they're okay, well now this is their first kid. Like, you know, what's happened to their creativity in their lives? It's like, you just got to, whatever you want to do creatively, if it's worthwhile, you're going to find a way to do it. So yeah. So I guess empowerment, um, if you want to do it, you can do it. If it's music, if it's writing, whatever it is, audio, um, it, if it's worth, if in, if in your mind, it's what you want to do and you think it's right to do it, you can do it and it's going to hurt. Like as you, as a parent, it's going to hurt because you're going to, you're going to feel that and just being exhausted. But also as a parent, you become this like weird superhuman thing. You know, it's like you, uh. When you're 22, you know, you're tired because of X. But when you're a parent, you're tired because of A through M, you know, and it's like, and you just, you just figure out a way, probably caffeine (laughs) probably helps a little bit. Um, but you find a way to, uh, pull yourself up and, um, hopefully anyone listening to this, if anyone is, they can, uh, relate to that. Where if you're just a person that wants to write, write stuff and you have no kids or boundaries or anything, just like take it from a guy that, that never liked to listen to that kind of stuff, but just use your time wisely. And you know, it doesn't, doesn't make you better or worse or more able, but just, yeah, just do it. Um, but yeah. Anyway, that's all I gotta say about that. Um, hopefully the stories are fun. Um next chapter in the audio book is uh Finland and you see how a how a haggard, hungover guy, couple guys, figure out how to get some stuff done in uh Finland. So thanks as always for uh listening to this. Um take care, keep writing.